is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's Big Show, live from Granite Credit Union, their Taylorsville location, grand opening, 3109 West, 4700 South. Come on by, grab some jazz gear, enter to win. Sweet smoker, big whole barbecue set actually too. Nice cooler over there as well. Grab a cookie, find out what the good folks here at Granite Credit Union uh, can do for you. Big thanks to the title sponsor of the big show, that is Big O Tires. Right now through September 6th, save up to $150 on Big O brand tires. During the Big O Tires anniversary sale, Big O Tires, the team you trust. We're going to talk to our guy Christian Cox uh, coming up here momentarily. Of course, uh, former Ute. Always a pleasure. It is always a pleasure to talk yeah. to, to Christian, isn't it? Uh, Christian also very close with uh, Coach John Peace. So we're going to get uh, get his thoughts on on the passing of uh, Coach Peace, which has been on everybody's mind uh, this week. No doubt. And then we'll get Christian's thoughts on uh, what to expect from the Utes. You know, the whole influence of John Peace, is, I mean, he really changed a lot that happened at the University of Utah. Uh, I mean, Vicki McBride told me that Ron never would have coached at Utah had it not been for John Peace. Wow. You know, that's pretty cool. And it almost freaks you out a little bit, doesn't it? If things had been just a little different, how would it have turned out? So anyway, yeah, rest in peace, John. Certainly uh, a guy that left an impression on a lot of folks. Yeah. I've heard from a lot of people who had who he influenced. So good for him. I he was one of those guys that I had a chance to sit down and talk to him over an extended period and he told me a bit about his life and whatnot. And I, I walked away impressed and I don't know very many people who could spend time with him and walk away unimpressed. Let's get out of the Smart Rain special guest line. It's no mystery. Utah is in an extreme drought. That is why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. Of course, he's a former Ute, a former Patriot, a fine clarinetist. He is Christian Cox with us here on 97.5 Radio Lady host. The Zone. Well, yeah, fine radio, former radio host. Yeah. No big deal. What's up, Christian? <laughs> hey, Jake. Hey, Gordon. It's good to hear you guys' voice. Is clarinetist a word? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, I'm not sure. And I, I know I flautist is a thing. Months. Yeah, six months and then quit. That was my short stint with the clarinet. So what, did it get too hard for you or what? What happened? No, I. you know, my parents made me play instruments to play sports as a child. I'm not saying that's good or bad. My mother sang in the Mormon Tabernacle Choir for 20 years. My grandfather sang in it. My grandfather was a World War II vet. And somehow this clarinet got passed down in the family and I was like, I can't play the piano. Uh, why not try the clarinet so I could play football? And uh, I did six months hard time. And I could play, play okay. <laughs> if, your, if your mom was a gifted singer, are you, are you a good singer? Uh, I, well, no, but I, I did. Gordon, you'd be proud of this. It, uh, this is actually how I met my wife. 
I actually, when I was in ninth grade, I chose to not play comp baseball, and I tried out for a play in my junior high. <laughs> and I was Pharaoh and Joseph and Amazing Tech Color Dreamcoat. Wow. And my, hey. and my and no joke, my brother-in-law, who's my current brother-in-law, he was Joseph in that play. He was in Broadway, and he's done films and movies. And, but I met my, I didn't know this at the time, I threw a scarf to my wife, who was 13 or 12 at the time. And my wife is very pretty, and um, so she remembered me, I guess. And then I got back from my mission and went up to the U, and then we ended up started dating when I was at the U. That was the that's the Elvis part, right, Farrell? Yeah, yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. I had to do Elvis, and I you don't ask me to do it now. I, I don't even remember the words. Uh, <laughs> but my kids, what's funny is my kids were watching the Donny Osmond version. I don't know how, but I. They're like, can you sing with them? I was like, I'll try. So I goofed around <laughs> with them, and but it was just one of those you. weird stories. I'm like, I don't even believe it. I was in a play. So, <laughs> what was it about you that uh, your beautiful wife found so attractive? I maybe I was a good singer then, Gordon. I don't know. I just was belting out tunes and was owning the space as a 15 year old strapping young man. I guess now I'm 35 with four kids and I guess a good head of hair. How many uh, how many years of marriage now? Uh, we're at eight. Eight. Yeah. And uh, is, yeah, she, eight. is she is she is she still happy with you? Uh, it depends on the day. Gordon, I got four <laughs> children. I, I got four children under the age of seven, uh, and I have amazing, beautiful kids. And then we have a fifth that's due in October. So oh, congratulations! Uh, awesome. So it's it's a girl. But yeah, my you know, if I'm doing the right things, my wife is definitely happy with me. She's one of the toughest, most beautiful people. She launched the business single with her mother uh, while having four kids, built a website, built a product. So it's wow. That's why I, I look up to my wife. She's uh, she's beautiful and very strong. So good for you. I can see why. Yeah, no doubt. Um, all right, uh, Christian. You know it's uh, it's always kind of hard to, to talk about these things. I know, but I know you were close with with Coach Peace, and we lost him this week. And um, I guess I'll just leave it open ended to you to to share your thoughts uh, with our listeners about uh, a guy that made an impact on a lot of lives. Yeah, I uh, man, like I I knew we were going to talk a little about bit about this, but. Um, I, I, it was interesting to find out the way, you know, most people did. Uh, John Pease is not a person who's, you know, flashy. Uh, he didn't want an obituary. He didn't want a funeral. Just kind of, you know, like he he just, that's who he was. And again, I, I know you guys have, have had the privilege of dealing with him over the last decade. But John Pease, and I was going back and forth with some of my former coaches and teammates about his about losing him and it just kind of it just wrecked me honestly i personally it just i said this to kyle in the text and we went back and forth i just said you know he changed my life single-handedly um for anyone who knew john pease uh he came right after gary anderson left to wisconsin so this was uh right before right after we'd won the sugar bowl uh he was a consultant that year at the sugar bowl he knew kyle well and his energy, I was like, who's this weird guy on the sideline? Like, just hit our practices. And then uh, when we went to play Alabama, legitimately, he's on the sidelines pumping up the band to start playing our music to get it loud in the Sugar Dome, or in the, in the Mercedes whatever dome it was. And that's just who he was. He was so infectious and alive. 
And I remember to this day our first spring practice that I found out that Gary had left and that uh, we're getting a new coach. And at that point in my career, I was two years in. I'd played multiple positions. I was, you know, I'd played linebacker, tight end for Jay Hill, and played for Kalani at D-tackle D and moved to D-end. And I got a new coach and was wondering if it was I in the right place, was I in the right program. And I get this old guy, and you think, you know what? What does he know about football, right? What, what does he have to offer to me? this this older gentleman and uh instead of having that type of attitude i just shut my mouth and went to work and realized there was so much depth behind the person uh, for all of his wisdom and what he accomplished not only with the jaguars with the saints and uh just the impact he had on people and uh there's a guy named tony brackens who came to some of our games uh, when we were playing he was one of the best and and edge rushers for that expansion team with tom coughlin in and jacksonville and he just he brought so much life and for me i think it's a testament of it doesn't matter your age you can still be alive right we do we do we just walk around and and in, in our life of just being null and and void and and boring he was fun all the time, and he was just all about work. And it just – it was so infectious through our D-line. And, you know, across Starlo to the lay, Silver Salinga, you know, Derek Shelby, myself, uh, the Kruger brothers, David and Joe. And for me, I guess I'm, I'm just indebted. There's people that come across in your career, and you guys probably know this, and maybe you guys are sitting across from each other that it, it is this. There are people that are – that just change your life, that just change your career. And uh, I've had the privilege of playing for Kyle Whittingham, Larry Wall at Bountiful. Um, you know, Kalani is, you know, one of my dearest, you know, people I'm indebted to. Aaron Roderick offered me my first scholarship. Uh, Gary Anderson actually offered me my real first scholarship at Southern Utah. Um, and, you know, Morgan Scally was my first coach at Utah. And there's all of these great, amazing people. But John is the reason I got to be a starter at Utah. Sean gave me the shot to, to become a starter, and, and I, I earned it through the spring and was led the team in sacks in 2009 and was scholarshiped in 2010, was voted team captain, and then because of John Pease, I, I got a shot to play in the NFL. And so for me, I, I think about the loss of John Pease, and I know it, it hurts Kyle, it hurts everybody. It's just what people remember most about John is – it was just his infectious personality and love for life. And he taught me more, obviously, the, the X's and O's and, and uh, you know, about how to be a great pass rusher and, and how to run schemes. And candidly, a lot of the schemes that, that Kalani deployed uh, and some of the things they do down at BYU and some of the schemes we run at Utah were, were from John Pease. And, uh is you, you think about football, and I guess as I'm getting older, and uh, you realize the, the fun is winning. The game is about winning, but um, the people are what made that experience so amazing in Utah. Um, John Pease, if you ask any of the coaches, by far one of the most genuine, true, hardworking people you'll ever meet in your life. Like This is an example of John Pease. He woke up every morning at 4.30 in the morning because his body hurt so bad. He had a cage in his back. And he'd go work out at that Steiner pool thing across the – or whatever. 
and he'd go do a full workout to get his body warm so he could actually move. And then he'd come do film all morning, and then he'd go do a full practice and be sweaty. And and that was that was John Peace. And so for me, I'm I, again, it's soft spot for me personally. Again, uh, there's things that happen. Like Gary had to go take a new gig. I had to get a new coach, and uh, that gave me a shot to to progress in my career. And um, we're all indebted to him, and he's such an amazing person that we'll miss. And I guess as I'm getting older, you realize that you know life is is not as invincible. That there is a certain amount of time that you get, and uh, the people that you know do fall into your life you know, for good and for bad are there for a reason. And, and you take what you learn and you try to apply that to your life going forward. So there's that. Well, Christian, I don't think there's any better way to celebrate John's life than to hear you talk about him. Pretty cool stuff. So let me ask you about uh, this iteration of the Utes coming up, Christian, because, and I'm not really asking you to analyze every position, but do you have a feeling do you have a sort of uh, an idea in your mind as to what to expect from this particular group? Yeah, I, it's funny. Uh, you know, I, I still talk to some other coaches, and it's funny. I, I, I mean, I'm on the road a lot, you know, uh, masked up, trying to go to on sites. And it's funny. I, I run into my former coaches and teammates in the airport, and it's fun to sit down and talk to them. I'm not going to reveal their names. I've talked to a bunch of them, but. There's an excitement around this quarterback position that hasn't been there in a while, um, you know, with with this quarterback battle. I think, obviously, this transfer in Brewer, he wouldn't transfer up if he didn't know he had a real opportunity to lead this team. And I think there's, there's some things that they can do in this offense they've not been able to do since the Brian Johnson era. Uh, and being able to kind of, you know, get the ball out on time to the right receivers, um, and you know, run basically every play in the playbook. So that that's encouraging, exciting. Last year, honestly, was one of my funnest. You know, watching uh, Utah was my kids are younger, so they're cheering and excited. And it was like we had no expectations for them, and then they turned things around. And obviously, the passing of Ty Jordan is is horrific and sad. But I think this team has immense potential, and you don't know what they're going to be. Um, I think they could be spectacular. They could, they could, you know, possibly, you know, win the Pac-12 South and deliver on, you know, some of the, the bad, you know, sorry experiences we've experienced as fans. I think the D-line is, is great. The defense is great. I, we haven't had a linebacker as strong as Lloyd in a long time. I think the sky's the limit. And that's not being, being just a fan. I think there's actual personnel that the coaches are very happy with the progression. Uh, can they stay healthy? Uh, they're pretty deep. Uh, but for me, tell me a time when Utah's really had a quarterback that's you know really delivered in a while. So that's what gets me excited. What does having a linebacker uh, like Devin Lloyd do for that defense? I mean, I think, you know, when you have a, a, a lockdown corner, we all kind of have an understanding what that does in a wit defense or a, a great defensive tackle. What does having a linebacker with that kind of capability allow that defense to do? Yeah, so if, if you look at the, the way we run the, the defense, right, it's, it's a base 4-3, but it's really a 4-2-5, right? So it's, you, you're in nickel a lot, so you only have two linebackers, so they got to cover a lot of ground. So not only can, can Lloyd cover ground, 
but he can be a locked in. He can he can do pass coverage. He can stay in lanes, but he is great in space to blitz. And I, you know, I see similarities to Stevenson Sylvester way back in the day. But no offense, if Sly's listening, this kid's way more athletic, way faster, uh, and, and can make plays. And Sly made plays all the time. Uh, and and again, this linebacking core we've had at Utah, we've had some really good players, right? Chase Hansen was a move down safety to linebacker, was athletic, but Devin's a true linebacker. Cody Barton flourished later, and that's why his draft stock went so high with Seattle and was a great player. I think the fact that Devin Lloyd's come back and so many other players have come back that have unfinished business like Brent Keithy, I, I think that says, what, one, the culture is awesome, but they, they feel like they have something to prove in terms of winning and, and winning a conference title. That means something to them. And they want to improve their draft stock. Like it, it's, pretty, it's pretty clear. You come in and put together good seasons, your stock's going to go up and guys want to get to the league. And having a guy like Lloyd, that's kind of your standard you know, captain of the, of the defense. You want it in the middle, the, the bridge between your safeties and, and D-line. Uh, it's going to be electric. And honestly – between Morgan Scally and, and, and you know Sione Puha and Lewis uh, and Sharif, like could you think of better coaches? Like, do you want to play for? And this defense will always reload. Got athletes, and uh, I'm I'm excited to see what they do. But for me, as a player, and having played on this defense, we've always had good defenses. Show me a time when you had a quarterback who can deal, who can deal, like really deal, right? You think back in time, Alex Smith in the Irvin days. Alex could deal. That's why he's the number one draft pick. Brian Johnson in 08, yes, while we didn't have the most explosive and amazing offenses, when it was time to make a play, and Brian's arm was really hurt. People don't know this. He didn't throw deep balls because he couldn't throw. But when, when the game was on the line, he could read defenses and get the ball to the right receivers at the right time, and that's why we're so good, and, and you need a quarterback like that. So I'm excited to see them in real, real-time games, not a spring ball, not in camp but playing real defenses. And um, what I'm hearing is they're very high and very excited about the, the, the QB race here. So let me ask you about that defense you were talking about for a second. As far as like the front, that defensive front, uh, you're very much a part of that, as you explained. But how did the Utes create this pipeline, this kind of – I mean, it's, it's almost always great. How, how did that happen, Christian? Is it a matter of recruiting the right athletes, or is it a matter of development once you're in? I, I think it's it's it goes back to the '90s days. Actually, it, it's it's the culture, it's the method, uh, it's also just having good depth, right? Uh, it's a credit to to Kyle what he's what he's built from a defensive scheme. It's a credit to what you know Morgan has instilled the same level of of tradition, right? Like I can't say the names of these positions over the, on the phone, on the radio, but like there's specific names for these, like they're groups. It's cultured internally. And, um, the people that are behind waiting for their shots, right? Like think about it. Mika Tafua multiple years ago, no one knew who he was, but he burst onto the scene because he got a shot and he never let it go. Um, you know, the D line goes back to the Luther Ellis days, and the way the scheme works, it, it highlights that front seven really well. Um, and the reason why they do extremely well with blitzes and holding gaps and they get picked up in the league, there's just, there's just great recruiting behind it, right? It's just a big mix of people, right? 
of not only people but ethnicities and locations, whether you're from Texas or California or Utah, can you do the job correctly? And with that front seven being so strong always since the 90s, right, you have this back back end that even Sharif played in and Morgan Scally played in. You play the Utah way. And so that fabric or that culture has never been lost, ever. It, it just, when you're there, you are honored to play for Utah. You look at this, you walk into the, to the actual, you know, uh, meeting rooms and you look and you see the lists of all the all-conference players. And as a player, you look at that list and you're like, you know, one day I want to be on that list. So when all the other guys come and see me years later, they know that I was first team all-conference. And it's just shifted from Mountain West to Pac-12. And I think that's—I don't think they're given enough credit for how amazing they've done in the transition, right? Kyle and them, you know, those first years with Kalani, like there was some real dire, straight situations. And now they're, they're one of the tops. And that culture has stayed strong. And then Sharif and Morgan from the back end, all of their guys go to the league, recruiting some of the fastest and best technicians and they play the utah way and if you're able to adapt to the utah style if you're one of them you will go to the nfl and that's where you adapt to the utah culture not the other way around and and that's just it's the process uh it's the way and uh you talk to whether i go talk to a, a guy that's been out for two or three years or a guy who's been there you know was there 20 years ago in the mac days we all had very similar experiences and you had to earn your time to the field. And I think ultimately, as I you know, summarize that big long-winded answer, the best players play. Those who make plays will play. Doesn't matter your star recruitment. If you earn the trust of the players, whether you're a walk-on or whether you're five-star, if you earn the trust of your coaches and the players, you will play. And uh, that meritocracy that Kyle's created or keep, that's why guys keep earning scholarships. They keep pushing the, the, the guys at the top to perform. It's just it's just a perfect uh, perfect mix. And you put guys in the league, you're going to want more guys to come to your program. And um, it's just a solid program. And uh, it's been pretty amazing to watch the last decade of continued success as it's ne- it hasn't really dropped off. Last thing before we let you go, Christian, it's kind of a, a would you rather, as I like to do sometimes. Uh, real, real quick, who was who was the toughest player you ever had to tackle? Tackle? Yeah, yeah. Who was who was kind of de- you know delivered the punishment? Uh, we played Dion Lewis a long time ago. You remember how little he was He's playing for the uh-huh. Patriots and Titans just retired. We actually bottled him up pretty well, but he was tough to tackle, really tough. If Harvey Young is hearing this, he wasn't that hard to tackle. Guy. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Uh, so, Dion Lewis, that works. All right. Well, yeah, what is Dion, what is what Dion is more difficult? Little. All right. What is more difficult? Tackling Dion Lewis or getting four kids under eight out the door to go to some sort of weekend activity <laughs> like the zoo or something? Oh, definitely the four kids. Yeah. It'll be, be five kids under seven. That'll, that'll, be, that'll be it. That'll be, that'll be much harder. But it's, the, hey. It's a wolf pack. Mama knows best. She keeps them in line. So, what happens when mama's people. not there? How does how does dad handle it when, oh, when mom's I, uh, on vacation or something? You'd actually be proud of me. You'd actually be proud of me, Jake. I think you'd all be very. I proud. bet. I bet. I, I believe know, it. I, I can. I can do my daughter's hair. Uh, I'm not as good. <laughs> I'm not as. My wife is so attention to detail. Uh, with that many kids, you gotta you gotta really pay attention. But I can get them to places. I just we're usually together. 
not solo. I'll just say nice. that. Nice. Now that's awesome. Yeah. Real quick before we let you go, Christian, you talked about the quarterback position. Is it going to be Charlie Brewer? Uh, my gut would say, and I have no idea. I'll just say that I have no clue. My gut would say, I would be very surprised if it wasn't Brewer. In my opinion. Yeah. Okay. I would be shocked, but I could be completely wrong. Christian, thank you very much, buddy. We appreciate it, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk to you soon. Okay, it's good to good to talk to you guys. Have a good day. Always a pleasure, buddy. Our friend Christian Cox, former Ute, former Patriot. Uh, really, really great stuff uh, yeah. from Christian. Today. I can relate to everything he was talking about, about getting those kids ready and out the door. And, uh, I mean, I, five daughters. I I was a workhorse in that regard. I, I, it was very rewarding and uh, at times difficult, but uh, I poured my heart and soul into it. We're live here. We're at Granite Credit Union, their Taylorsville location. Gordon, I'm sure sure uh, that's all true. Come on out and see us. What? Why do you have that smirk on your face? Because I, 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 I knew that you would struggle to I didn't say anything. Absorb. I could see it already all over your face. I didn't say anything. Megan, you could see it, right? I mean, here I am out there being father of the year, you know, doing all that stuff. And I knew Jake would. Five diapers. Five diapers in your that, that's career. just not you true. Changed five Lisa, diapers. Lisa was being funny. That was a joke. Well, it is funny. <laughs> five well, times five hundred. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Five. I mean, that was a joke. It was a joke. Five girls, five diapers. I'm going to have to tell her not to joke about that stuff and see if she'll listen to me. I have no no guarantee she would, but she's being funny. You know, it is funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's true. It is funny. 3109 West, 4700 South here in Taylorsville. Come grab a cookie. Grab some jazz gear. Uh, uh, take one. Uh, we have a somebody perusing the merchandise. It's good speak. stuff. Yeah, it is it? good stuff. It's yeah, cool. Make sure you grab something. Yeah. Come in, grab some jazz gear, and uh, participate in the grand opening. You can enter to win a barbecue set, including a, a beautiful smoker. Grab a cookie. Um, take advantage of their uh, great deals going with their grand opening event. Auto loans with a low 1.99% APR, which is incredible. Earn $110 when you open a checking account with a debit card and uh, much more. So find out for yourself. 3109 West, 4700 South. Granite Credit Union, more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. We're joined now by Dick Harmon, sports columnist for the Deseret News. Some talk about Kalani and being extended and not being extended and, you know, how long they're going to let it play out. How do you view this situation? You have Mark Pope being backed by the owner of the Utah Jazz, a person that's put up money for him at Utah Valley and at BYU. Now you've got Kalani coming in with the guy with Bill Bar, and it's his buddy, and he's got a pocketbook that's pretty deep. So Kalani now has his guy in his corner, and he's got leverage now because of what's happened with his friend and his connection in talking to those who are very close to Kalani is that he's approaching this with humility. He's saying, I haven't done anything yet. I've got to do something. I think that's where Kalani's coming from is that he wants to prove even more and then come in with his money back and say, okay, let's get it done. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Cougars at 30 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
Your Cougar 30 update here on the big show. Ed Lamb asked how well the coaching staff is setting up each specific position group to succeed. It's difficult to simulate complementary football in any type of practice situation unless we completely split up into two different teams. So we're having those conversations as much as possible on the headset, and that's typically going to be, and it's true here too, the head coach, the special teams coordinator, and the offensive coordinator. That's going to be the major components of complementary football and determining the risk-reward analysis. And, of course, final decisions always come down to Kalani, but you, you guys have a sense for Kalani. He, he trusts guys to do the job as he's trained them to do, but we are not going to find out how good we are at communicating that and making the right choices until we actually play a game this cougar update brought to you by davis vision their summer lasik sale is going on now get rid of those contacts and glasses save one thousand dollars start your road to better vision at davis vision check them out today davisvisionmd.com or call 801-253-3080 that is davis vision Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We're hoping to talk to our friend Keith Smith, covers the NBA uh, for a variety of different outlets. We'll uh, talk to him here momentarily. How's it going over there, Father of the Year? (laughs) I'm doing just fine, thank you. Doing all right? Yeah. Five. Five thousand. (laughs) Five. Uh, looking forward to talking to Keith. We'll get his thoughts on the offseason, um, the movement, uh, what he, if he's liked what the Jazz have done. Uh, we like talking to Keith. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you and I have talked a lot about it, and uh, I, I just think that, uh, yeah, well, let's just hear Keith's opinion, and then we'll comment on what he Let, has to say. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. It's no mystery. Utah's in an extreme drought. That is why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. He is our friend, Keith Smith. Keith, what's going on, buddy? Hey, it's funny you did that. The sprinkler guy is right outside replacing some sprinkler heads for us right now. Hey, there you go. Yeah, irrigation, it's a thing. Well, it's uh, out here is definitely a thing when we we have so little rain, Keith. When we do get rain like we did yesterday, it's a little maddening when you see like a a commercial property that's just watering the lawn in the rain. (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. I know how that goes here in Florida. Uh, Keith, give us your thoughts on the Jazz offseason thus far. What do you think about uh, what they've been able to do? I thought with very little uh, limited resources, they had an outstanding offseason. I think getting Rudy Gay is huge for them. I think I don't know how many people have watched him the last couple of years, considering he's been on the Spurs. They've been a little bit down, but he has kind of reinvented himself. He's no longer the 3 4 uh, Rudy Gay that he once was. He's now more of a 4 5 uh, type of player. And I think that that uh, added maybe a year or two to his career that he might not have had otherwise. I think getting Eric Paschal in a trade with the Warriors for essentially nothing was, was great work. He showed some promise a couple of years ago. and I think that's a, a nice get. And then 
Hassan Whiteside, I'm not a super huge fan of him, but for the minimum as a backup center, you can't really go go wrong with that because if it's not working out, you just cut him and move along to the next guy. And then in the draft, getting Jared Butler is good. And I know they they gave up a first-round pick and they moved on from Derek Favors, but I get it. There's there's a limit to how much tax you're going to pay, but I think it was good that they turned right around and said, Hey, it's not just about avoiding the tax. We're, we're going to go back into where we're still going to add talent to the team. And that's something if I was a Jazz fan, I'd be very excited about. So when you consider Rudy Gay, and you just talked about him being a 4-5, or five, and you have Rudy Gobert and you've got Boyan Bogdanovich, how do you best incorporate him? Under what scenarios, what situations, and how many minutes do you give him at this point? He's probably a 20 to 24 minute a night guy off your bench that can, uh, in the right matchup, unless it's, he's not going to go out there and defend Joel Embiid, but most backup fives he can more than hold his own against. And, and then he can still play against any of the fours in the league. So I think you're kind of looking at a position of, you're, you're going to spot him in the right matchup so if you need him to do a little bit more if a guy's out or someone's in foul trouble or just they don't have it going or Gay has it uh, really working at night. You play him 25 minutes and, and go forward. But most nights you're probably in that 20-minute or so range off your bench and that should keep him healthy and fresh all the way into to the uh, postseason. Can he be up? What was that? Can he play defense anymore? Oh, yeah, he can still play some defense. He's he's never going to be – he's not – you're not putting him in there to stop guys and shut guys down. But against backup four or fives in the league, yeah, he can hold his own without any issue. Keith Smith is with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Keith, what do you think about the Lakers offseason acquiring Russell Westbrook and uh, the rest of the um, uh, veterans in the league? <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. My, my favorite joke was LeBron told the front office, if you weren't old enough to have rented videos at Blockbuster, you weren't allowed to play on the team. <laughs> uh, I, thought, I thought that was a good one. Um, yeah, I think the starting with the Westbrook trade, it, it's a – I think it's fine in the regular season. I'm putting the over-under somewhere around 40, 50 games that those three guys actually all play in together. I think it's very uh, unlikely we're going to see them each play much more than 60 to 65 games. I think that's just the point in the career where we're at with LeBron and Westbrook and then Davis. It's always something with him that keeps him sidelined. Uh, so regular season, always probably having two or two of the three. That's great. That'll be fine. It's going to be in the playoffs where we'll find out because we've seen what teams do to Russell Westbrook. They essentially treat him almost like Ben Simmons where it's, Hey, we're just not going to play you, or we're going to let you shoot. We're going to let you, you know, do your thing, you know, from outside and those kind of things. And and that 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 can be really tough. So I think we're in a position now uh, with him where it's just it's not great. So so it's uh we'll we'll see how that works out. Then the other part, the way they filled out the roster, I think they did pretty good. You know, get, considering they didn't have a whole lot to offer, guys. I thought they, yeah, they went with a lot of older players, but I think those older players still have enough game left that they can be helpful players. And again, much like kind of Hassan Whiteside, as I said with him, a lot of those guys are on minimum contract. So if it's not working out, you just move on from them and you go you go on to the next guy. So who else helped themselves in this offseason? Uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about the Heat. Do you think that was an advancement for them? And is, are there any other teams that impressed you? Yeah, I think the Heat uh, did a pretty good job of 
kind of rebuilding on the fly after a disappointing season after making the finals. But I do worry a little bit about their depth. If you look at their depth chart right now, it's Tyler Hero, then Marquise Morris, Dwayne Dedman. They've been kind of in and out of lineups and on and off teams the last couple of years. And it's a lot of unproven guys because we don't know what we're going to get out of Victor Oladipo. But they've still got a couple open roster spots. Maybe that that's the way they go about filling out uh, their depth a little bit. And they kept enough of their mid-level exception behind that they can probably uh, do something there to uh, sign somebody in season if they need to. I think the Atlanta Hawks did a good job adding a couple veterans and then retaining players. Uh, I think that was was a good piece of work for them. Uh, I think the uh, Clippers did a nice job kind of rebounding, even though they're not going to have Kawhi Leonard for a while. I think that's a, a, bi- a big addition. And then I think the New York Knicks did, did a really nice job as well with, with the way they kind of built out their team. I, I, I think there's a didn't overcommit the guys uh, for very long-term money, but in the short term, they've made themselves better as well. Keith, was there a move this offseason that left you scratching your head like saying, huh? <laughs> yeah, the DeMar DeRozan contract was a lot. I think it's probably fine this year. It's going to be the next couple years where that starts to maybe look a little questionable. I also think it's a little weird with the Bulls because now you've got an awful lot of guys who are going to need touches. Uh, Levine needs the ball a lot. DeRozan needs the ball a lot. Lonzo Ball, to make the best uh, of his passing skills, he needs the ball as well. Um, and then Nikola Vucevic is a guy who needs to be involved in your offense if you're going to get the best part of him. So the Bulls are one of those teams I'm looking at. If it all works and everybody can sacrifice, it's probably going to be really good. But if it doesn't go that way, they have real disaster potential. And that's tough for a team that's invested heavily salary-wise and draft pick-wise in trades over the next few years. So we, Jake and I were talking about this the other day. And I was, if you had to pick out some GM or personnel person who really has impressed you in the NBA, really the top at the pinnacle of the NBA as far as being able to manage the salaries and uh, being able to spot talent and find ways to either acquire one way or the other signing or trading for that talent. Who's at the top of your list? I think the easy choice there is Masai Ujiri. I think he and Bobby Webster in Toronto have done an incredible job. The way they have built that team, obviously they won the championship a couple years ago. But then that team also, they found guys late in the first round, second round, undrafted players that have all panned out and looked really, really good. And, and when they go and trade for a player, it immediately kind of raises my eyebrow a little bit of, or what are they maybe seeing that I haven't seen or other teams haven't seen? So I think they, uh, they probably lead the pack in the NBA as far as kind of doing it the right way. It's also a team that, they're not afraid. Masai will take the home run swing if he thinks it'll work out. Kawhi Leonard only played a year there, but they won a championship. So who really cares? It doesn't matter. You know, flags fly forever. So it's one of those things where I think he has done a really uh, remarkable job, especially considering that's not necessarily a market that a lot of uh, players are clamoring to get to in Toronto. Keith, thank you very much for dropping by the show. As always, we really appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Keith. <clears throat> That's our friend Keith Smith. Does a great job uh, covering the NBA. Really likes what the Jazz did in the offseason. Do you agree with most of what he said? Uh, 
Yeah, I think uh, I mean getting to his last his last answer, Ujiri, I think is as good an answer for your question as any. Yeah, I agree. With and that. that's not an easy market to do it in. I mean, not that the city's particularly small, but being in a in Canada presents its own unique challenges. Yeah, yeah. Mainly like they played in Tampa Bay last year. Do you think the Clippers are better? I don't know. Because um, that's bad news for the Jazz. No, I mean, no. I don't necessarily think they're better. He does. He could be right. but I'm eager to see those teams play again, even in the regular season. I, I, I want to see how it goes. Well, you're not going to see Kawhi for a while. Yeah, that's true. When are they predicting him to be back? End of the regular season, I think, at the earliest. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, think about it. Uh, if he he had surgery, when was it? Late June? Was it? Yeah. It was either late June or early July. Mm-hmm. So, But the Jazz struggled against that team even without Kawhi. Yeah, he's still the best player on the team. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, but I agree with you completely. I, I am not sold on the Russell Westbrook thing uh, with the Lakers, and, and, and I, I really don't know how that's going to go. Uh, and it really, it seems like I've, I've read around on it a little bit, Jake, and it seems like the, the, uh, the opinion is split across NBA observers. Well, LeBron's never been wrong before. <laughs> Never. I, I just think, like, uh, it's it's interesting looking at it, considering the deal they almost made was Buddy Heald, who I actually think would be perfect. Yeah. yeah. Would be exactly what they need. A little outside shooting. And somebody who can play uh, alongside Anthony Davis for the long haul if they like the fit. You know, he's a young and up-and-coming player. And you heard what he just said, that teams are going to back off Russell and make him make perimeter shots. In fact, uh, Gordon, I came uh, across an interesting... Um, uh, article today from Tim Bontemps in ESPN who anonymously talked to some scouts and executives and uh, I thought some of their opinions were pretty interesting. We should, and the Jazz are included in some of the questions so maybe we should go through that in the 5 o'clock hour. Sounds good. Alright, stay tuned. The Not Sports Report is oh, next. Stay right where live. you are. Stay right where you are. Live from Granite Credit Union. The grand opening of their new Taylorsville location 3109 West, 4700 South. More next 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60. Weekdays at 1.30. Presented by Cypress Credit Union and icon on your home of the best college football coverage in utah 97 5 12 80 the zone and the zone sports network your home for the best college football coverage in utah this is your utes at 50 update on 97 5 12 80 the zone and the zone sports network It is your Utes at 50 update. Uh, here's offensive coordinator Andy Ludwig asked if a quarterback decision will work itself out. Uh, this one, this one we're going to have to make. And uh, that's a good, that's a great situation to be in because that's, again, two highly motivated, two football junkies with high football intellect that are playing at a very high level. 
This Utah 50 update brought to you by SNS Roofing, your locally owned roof repair experts for a free quote and all of your roofing needs. Call SNS Roofing today. Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Not Sports Report time here on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from Granite Credit Union, their grand opening of their Taylorsville location, 3109 West, 4700 South. Not Sports Report brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket, over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Check them out online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today, sir? We're going to two different places. We're going to the island of Corsica, and uh, we're also going to Texas. Jake, have you ever been uh, you ever been uh, chased down by a cow on a beach? No. Apparently, that's what's happening on the island of Corsica. There's like fifteen thousand cows, or they, the, the story called them cows. I guess they're cows and bulls or whatever, but uh, they're there, and so they have they have taken over the beaches, some of the beaches, and tourists are now being gored. By said cows. Hmm. One man found a place on the beach, (laughs) laid out a nice little spot for himself, and then came the stampeding cows right at him. And he got gored and run off the beach. It's just happening again and again. So what do you do? Vacation somewhere else? (laughs) What 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 does the island of course could do? To get rid of the cows. Have a barbecue? <laughs> <laughs> really? A roundup? Yeah. Get the brisket going. We got they got one of those uh, what pit boss smokers over there. Get that rolling. Think about how that would be rather frightening. Because cows are big. I've seen a cow. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. That's the last thing you would expect. You're enjoying a nice beach vacation, and all of a sudden, here comes the herd. And apparently, they're rather territorial about certain spots. And they have signs up on the beach, warning, danger, cows. Well, then that's this person's own fault, then. (laughs) They were warned about the cows. Yeah, but the cows weren't there when they showed up, and then all of a sudden, here they come. Yeah, but if the sign says, danger, killer bees, and I go in anyway, (laughs) am I really surprised when the killer bees show up? I'm just trying to picture, you know, lying on the beach and having, you know, Bessie the cow come chomping at you. Doesn't sound like Bessie was the problem. Eat more chicken. Bill the Bull was the issue, right? If people are getting gored. They called them cows. That's all, that's all I can tell you. All right. Now, I need your help on this one. Apparently, there was a man in Texas who went into a restaurant, a bar, I guess, and was drinking. And there was another man who came in the restaurant and at, was at the bar and was drinking. And the two of them got into a fight as they were leaving. And um, now the bar, the, 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 the restaurant is being sued because the man uh, sustained injuries, head injuries and whatnot. 
And, and the bar got sued. The restaurant got sued because the man got too drunk and then the man got in a fight and the restaurant is being blamed for that. Is that the way it works? I mean, do, do bartenders have to be very careful about what they allow their customers to drink? Yeah, that's a thing, which I, I find ridiculous, to be honest with you. Um, like the whole concept of over-served, like it's somehow the bartender's responsibility. Yeah, that's I mean, what they're saying here. Yeah, I think that's dumb. I think it's this uh, this bozo that drank too much and got in a fight. I think it, I think he's responsible for his own behavior, regardless of uh, how many the bartender poured. Apparently, the lawsuit accused uh, the owner of the bar... Uh, and blaming him for negligence, for failing to detect when patrons had had too much to drink. Furthermore, the lawsuit accuses the owner of uh, failing to ensure that the restaurant parking lot didn't include obstacles, quote, that would pose a tripping or falling hazard to intoxicated patrons. This resulted in the man sustaining, quote, a serious and debilitating head injury after being assaulted by the other man in an, quote, uneven parking lot. Yeah. 5.5 million, Jake. 5.5 million dollars. That is why lawyers have a bad reputation right there. <laughs> That's the Take reason. it up with your beloved wife. I know, who, who has an impeccable reputation. But this is why lawyer jokes exist. I, the Drunken first... bar fighter deserves $5 million? Come on. Come he, on. He won $5.5 million. He won? He won. Wow. There's something broken about that. And besides his head bone? He deserved that. When I saw that he won $5.5 million, I thought, I wonder if Austin would be willing to subject himself to that kind of treatment. Go be overserved at a bar, pick a fight with a guy, and get his skull crushed in, and then win. And then sue the five and a half million because he said he would do anything for five million. The guy lived. Yes, he did. Yep, I'm there. Coming up next, we'll talk a little NBA basketball. We have some college football for you in the uh, 5 o'clock hours. Stay tuned. We're live at Grand Credit Union, the grand opening of their Taylorsville location, 3109 West, 4700 South. Uh, We've had a bunch of listeners drop by, but we still do have some jazz gear for you. There's plenty of cookies. Um, You can earn $110 when you open a checking account with Granite uh, today with a debit card. Get $100 when you open a youth certificate with a monthly automatic contribution. Uh, They've got great giveaways. They're going to have food trucks here. Uh, The the grand opening goes on through Saturday. So if you can't make it down right now, uh, make an appointment to come by and see what they've got going here at Granite Credit Union, 3109 West, 4700 South. More next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Kalani, he checks the box in nearly every single category of what type of coach you want at BYU. 11-1 didn't get you an extension. When most coaches in an 11-1 season with three years left would have got some type of extension. There are certain coaches out there that just have looked at coaching at BYU as the be-all of all existence. And for them, if it is, that's great. But for other people, it's like, no, I want to get paid. I want to get paid market value. 
value. I want to get paid uh, and have an extension on par with my peers. I continue to ask the question of what does he need to do to truly be valued and loved there? And if it takes Tennessee coming in and being like, hey, we want you to come coach in the SEC, man, I think it'll be a similar outcome that we just saw with Bronco. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.